this series that we are currently in is called Go Deeper. And that is, that is our goal. That is our hope. I'm so thankful that the Lord led us here in this season as we begin a new year. Right? Because it doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. There are ways, and, and as we go through this series, there are ways that each and every one of us need to go deeper. Amen? And so the first week as we kicked off this series, we're in our third week. So two weeks ago, we, I was a messenger of a wisdom, a nugget of wisdom that the Lord gave Miss Terry, and that was that Jesus is more than a resolution. He is a relationship. And how perfect that was because that first week we were talking about going deeper in our relationship with God and with others, that we have to get out of going through a routine and desire a relationship. It's not a, Christianity is not about routines. It is not about being rote. It's not about just doing the same thing because that is the definition of insanity, is doing the same thing day in and day out, week in and week out, and expecting something different. When we show up to church on Sunday morning, we need to anticipate, as, as Pastor Jim prayed, that the presence of the Holy Spirit would sit down on this place, that he would open the eyes and the ears and the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls, that they might hear that there is a Savior, that there is a gospel. The gospel is good news. May they hear that. May they be encouraged by it. But may they find that there is hope. Amen. Because there are a lot of hopeless people around us. There are neighbors. They're next to us in the grocery store. There are people that we drive past as we go from church to home. There are hopeless people. Last week, we shared the words from a child. Just talk to Jesus. As, as we were talking about prayer, and, and I would ask friends of mine that I would run into great Christian men and women that are wiser than I am, and I would say, I'm getting ready to do this series, and as a Christian, as a believer, what are some things that we should go deeper in? And almost often, uh, every person that I talk to would say, well, you need to go deeper in prayer, and you need to go deeper in, uh, in reading God's Word. Amen? And so as we were having this conversation, this child, from the mind and the mouth of a child, she just said, just talk to Jesus. Amen. That's all it simply is, is just having a little talk with Jesus. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to bow your head. Yes, those are things that we do in reverence, right? But as you're driving, that's one of my prayer times. That's one of my quiet times is I'll go to work and I just cut the radio's not on. I love music, but I intentionally just cut it off. And sometimes I'll pray and sometimes I'll just ride in, in silence. But you can pray anywhere at any time. We said last week that to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And I gave you seven points to how you could go deeper in your prayer. And, and really quick, I'm not going to go unpack all those, but I just want to remind you, we talked about that we're to call on the Lord, that we're to pray without ceasing, that we're to pray for everybody, that we're to pray for one another. That's a little bit deeper. Yes, we're to pray for Sumter. We're to pray for this nation. We're to pray for our president. We're to pray for the missionaries in foreign countries. We're to pray for people that we don't even know in Russia and Australia and other places. We're to pray for everybody. But we got to pray for those people around us too. Amen? The Bible says that we're going through love, uh, everybody always, right? 
that we're going through on Wednesday night. You know, it's not about going overseas all the time. It's about loving the person next door. Right? If you can't love the person next door, then you better not even be going overseas because if that's what your definition of of success or your definition of living out the gospel, then you've missed the point because the gospel is for everybody. It's for the person right next to you and it's the person far, far, far away. Amen? So we're to pray for one another. We're to pray boldly. We're to pray humbly. And we're to love and to pray for even our enemies. We said that prayer is simply a conversation with God. As, as the child said, just have a talk with Jesus. And I love that. I'm thankful for that reminder that the Lord could use even a child to remind me, an adult, a minister of the gospel, that we're to simply just have conversations with him. So today we're going to discuss going deeper in our reading and studying of the Bible. You see, I ran across this quote this week. People need to realize the way they treat their Bible is the way they're treating Jesus. The way you treat your Bible is the way you treat Jesus. You see, we come to church and we will come to church like this and we got our Bible in our hands and in our arms. Oh, we love Jesus. Oh, I love his word. And what do we do whenever we go home? We go home and we throw that down and we go over here and we do everything else. And where's the word? Well, I need to study. Where did I, did I put it over here? Then I set it down over here. Is it under this stack of papers? Where is it? Right? Where is the word in your daily lives? Friends, that illustration that I just gave you, I had a pastor friend of mine who was a, a mentor, a teacher, the first pastor that I ever served under. And as he talked about the Word of God and how people say they love it, but then they go home. You know what he did? He literally threw his Bible. Now, I did toss mine there, but he, he literally threw his, and I was appalled. But that's what, you might not physically be throwing it, but that's in essence what you're really doing, is are you seeking it for truth? Are you mining it for what God says? It's his love letter to you. And so this morning, we're going to talk about going deeper in our reading and studying of God's Word. I want to encourage you to take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the book of Hebrews. Uh, it's sandwiched between Philemon and James. So in the New Testament, if you will, make your way over to Hebrews chapter 4. And guess what? I didn't mark. I didn't use my... Um, bookmark in my Bible too. So I have to search for it this morning too. All right, Hebrews chapter 4. We're really just going to look at one verse this morning. Hebrews chapter 4, when you found your place, say amen. Amen, all right. Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So as we start this morning, I want you to see that the writer of Hebrews says that the word of God is living. Now how is something in black and white 
bound in a book, how is it living? He says, for the word of God is living and active. How is that? I would submit to you this morning, friends, as we study about getting and going deeper in God's word, it is living and active. Why? Because it is still changing lives. It is still calling men to repentance. It is still encouraging people. It is still challenging us. There are still people that are willing to grab their Bible and go into unknown lands to unknown people groups and people that are willing to go across the street, not in their own strength, but in the strength and wisdom that come from the Lord. It's living and active because it is still changing lives. Then the writer of Hebrews says that it is what? Sharper than any two-edged sword. It is sharp. And things that are sharp do what? They cut you. Now, I don't know about you. I've never been stabbed. Amen? I don't really want to experience that. But as I think about this morning, even as I'm preaching and teaching this, when was the last time you got a paper cut? Now, that's something painful. Amen? That's just a little old T90 paper cut on your finger. But what a reminder. Amen? The Word of God is living and active, and it is sharp. It's not dull. It is sharp. It will cut you. Then we see what? That it is piercing. That the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of men. See, a lot of times people don't get into the word because they don't like what it says about who they are. Amen. We always want to go through, and just like Sunday morning, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many times have you listened to a message and said, oh man, I wish she would have been here to hear that. She really needed to hear what he just said. Amen. How many times have you done that? Right? Yeah, they probably didn't need to hear that. Amen. But what about you? Stop looking at God's word. Stop looking at the Bible and, and worrying about everybody else. But look into it as if a mirror. And let it show you who you are. And friends, I don't know about you, but when I look into God's word, it will cut you. It will cut you down in the fact of you are not as great as you think you are. You are not without blemish like you think you are. I can't remember the exact verse. I don't want to butcher the paraphrase, but you know the word says that you know you can look into it. It's like looking into a mirror at a quick glance. But when you intently look, you see what's really there. You see the scars. You see the blemishes. But friends, can I remind you something this morning as well? Those scars and those blemishes should not, the enemy will use that for shame. Those scars and those blemishes and those warts and those things that are in your life, 
Don't let the enemy use that for shame. Let it be used by God to remind you how great he is. For all he has brought you through. For his sustaining grace. For his love. For his mercy. For all that he's taught you. See, friends, as we... This isn't in my notes. See, y'all going to get something straight from the Holy Spirit right now. Hopefully. Now, I said that. See, it's going to go away. But as I think about some of y'all, y'all have seen things. You've experienced things. You've been through valleys. You've seen some mountaintops. But you've been through some valleys and you've been through some things in your life. You need to find someone younger than you. And you need to invest your life in them. That is what discipleship is. Don't leave this world with the knowledge and the wisdom that you have. Don't allow it to puff you up. Oh God, thank you for what you've done for me. I'm just going to keep it to myself. I'm not going to tell anybody else what you've done. No, that's what it's about. That's, it's coming behind the, it's coming behind the generation coming behind you and, and walking with them. Walking with them intimately and letting them, bearing your soul and saying, okay, you know, I was at a point in your life I couldn't figure everything out. I was at a point in your life that, you know, my husband I've been married to for 55 years, man, I was ready to kill him. You know, I mean, but it's the truth. But bear your soul. And you're not going to do, you're not going to stand up like me on Sunday morning and in front of a group and bear that. No, it's done one-on-one. Amen. Look at how Jesus ministered. Look at the model in which he ministered. He got people and he invested in groups. Sure, he had 12, but he had his three. Right? That he invested in. Invest in others. Go deeper in relationships. So the Bible is living and it's active, it's sharp, it's piercing, and it is deep. Amen? It is deep. I, I You know... Do I always, do I stand before you this morning, do I always get it right? Do I always go as deep as I should? No. Maybe this week it was funny as I was talking through with my family. I said, well, you know, it's interesting. I'm talking about going deeper in the Bible study and deeper in reading of God's word. And I don't know that I've necessarily done that. And so my wife and daughter looked at me and said, well, you better practice what you preach. <laughs> Amen. So I don't have it all right. I don't have everything all together. But as I think about this subject and these subjects that we're hunkering down on this morning, I think this is going to be a pivotal pivotal turn for Bible fellowship. Amen? Because if we will look at the things that we're talking about and we'll begin to apply them to our lives, if we'll go deeper with God and deeper with others and deeper in prayer and deeper in Bible study and deeper in giving and deeper in serving and deeper in just being quiet and alone with God, Imagine with me just for a moment what God could do. Amen. How might your home, how might your neighborhood, how might this church, how might this community be different if you were to go deeper? I want you to see something else. I want you to turn back over to the Old Testament. I want you to turn to the book of Deuteronomy. So Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 
When you found your place, say amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Remember the Lord your God. Starting verse 1. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and he let you hunger and he fed you manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know. Listen. That he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone. Where do we see this? If you will, take your copy of God's Word, turn to Matthew. This is like Bible drill, week in and week out, amen? You can't leave here today and say you didn't get the Bible, amen? That, that we didn't look into God's Word. And last week, too. Some weeks, yeah, we'll take one verse and we'll unpack that. But other weeks, we'll look all over the place, right? Because I want you to see how God's Word connects. So Matthew chapter 4, as, as you're turning there and finding your place, let me begin to read. It's, this is when Jesus is tempted. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to, be, to become loaves of bread. Verse 4, but he answered, who is he? Jesus. Jesus answered, it is written, pointing back to Deuteronomy, and he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5, lean in just a little closer. Listen to what it says. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, Listen, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against stone. Why did I read that? Or I read that this morning. Because did you notice... That as Jesus is being tempted, that Satan quoted the word to the word. Amen? So, can you imagine that scene? Oh, the, oh, the good old Satan. He, he thought he had him. How brass, how bold. Simply knowing Scripture isn't enough. We must test the things that come our way. We must apply it to our lives. We must study it. We must know it and live it out, especially in the situations that come our way. Friends, this morning as we look at this verse, 
if the enemy quoted the word to the word Jesus, how much more important is it for you to know the word of God? Amen. And not only to know it, but to test it amongst the things that the, the things that present themselves to your, you in your life for you to test it really quickly as, as we hurry on this morning so that we can take part in one of the ordinances that the Lord left for us to do. Find it interesting that as I was studying this, that we're reading Matthew four four, where Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy. So if Jesus knew De- Deuteronomy, right, that 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 brings those two together. But then it's interesting too that in Luke's gospel, in chapter four, verse four, he says the exact same thing. He quotes the exact same thing. Now, friends, I'm sorry, but if if man wrote that, how is that that exactly in Luke's gospel, in the fourth chapter, in the fourth verse, it's the same thing. Amen? I think that's a beautiful picture of how living and active God's Word really is. So I want to ask you this morning, how can you go deeper in your reading and studying? Well, I will start really quickly, tell you a quick story. I cannot talk about going deeper in in Bible study if I do not share a quick example for myself. As I began to take next steps towards Jesus, I had a Bible. I didn't open it very much, right? And I began to just know that I couldn't do life on my own, um, that I couldn't make everything come together, that I was not, I couldn't save myself. So one of the things I did is in the back of my Bible, I had a concordance. And a concordance is basically just, you're going to have like words, like I just happened to thumb through and it says body. And so it says, take and eat, this is my body. You see what I'm saying? So basically, as you have words, as you have phrases that you might say, well, I know that scripture says something about hope. Well, maybe you can go to your concordance and look up the word hope. And so what would happen was I would take my copy of God's word and I would know somebody who was maybe dealing with a sickness. This morning there was a prayer request that someone in their family only had two weeks left to live. And so what am I going to say that would bring them any hope? But what I would do is I would go to my concordance and I would look up maybe hope and I would read through those verses and I might find one that catches my attention. So then I would go and find that verse, amen? I would go and find that because it gives you the reference. I would go look in the Bible and I would read it and I would read around it and I would say, okay, yeah, this might encourage them. So what would I do? Then I would send them an email or send them a text and I would say, be encouraged by this. Right, that's how I began to dig deeper in God's Word very early on as I was trying to seek the Lord. So what are some other ways that you can go deeper? What are some other ways that you can go deeper? So I want to go through a few things with you this morning. First, I think it's uh, you've got to select a reading plan. And I want you to know that actually, it's, it's funny, probably about three minutes ago, there was an article that posted on our Facebook page that is a, an article that I wrote about Bible reading plans. And it has in there, here's his reading plan, and here's the ease of reading. Is it, is it kind of uh, easy to read, right? Because there's some people, you can't say, well, go climb the mountain. Well, if you're going to climb the mountain, you've got to start hiking, amen? You can't just, you know, go climb the mountain. You have to take next steps. And so in there, in this article that just posted on our Facebook page three minutes ago, I want you to go and find it if you're on Facebook. But it will give you, here are some reading plans. Here's some things that you can read. Here's how long it will take you to read it. Here's the ease of whether it's difficult or intermediate or whether it's hard, right? I mean, one of the plans that's on there is a 90-day reading 
reading plan. One of the things I realized as I was in school studying for ministry, I said, okay, God, if I'm going to stand before your people and I'm going I'm to teach and preach about the Lord, then I better have read the gospel. I better have read the Bible. Amen? And so one of the things I did is I went on an intentional study, a 90-day study to read through the Bible. But it also took participation from my family, amen? It took participation from Kendall to know that each night I was going to carve out time so that I could do that. And I don't stand before you to say, ooh, look at Chris, but praise God that he helped me get through that. Because if I was going to preach and teach it, I needed to at least read through it completely one time, amen? So there are ease of use on those articles. Can I tell you this too? It's not the quantity of verses that is read. But it's the quality and the act of quieting your heart and mind. It's about seeking God on a regular basis. I want to remind you, if you have a cell phone, if you have a cell phone this morning, you have so much in your hand. There's good and bad, amen? But in your hand, you hold a very powerful device. And do you know that there's a ministry called Life Church? They, they did something crazy back in the day. They were starting these things called apps that would go on cell phones. Nobody really knew what it was. And they had started another website. And guess what? It failed. But they realized they learned some things in that failure. And so what they did was they took their, what they had learned and they applied it. And somebody said, okay, they're starting these things called apps. And guess what they did? They started a Bible app. And now it's probably the most downloaded Bible app. It's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. It's called The Bible by Version. It's by Life Church. It's a part of their ministry. But listen, even this morning, I got an email from them. I'm like, look at God. I normally don't look at my email before I preach and teach. But guess what? The, the subject line was level up your Bible habit. Level up your Bible habit. And listen to what they said. Plans help you get God's word speaking into your life on a daily basis. And they have 10-day plans and they have 6-day plans. They have some that are shorter and they have some that are longer. The great thing is it will read to you, right? But they're in your, in your, on your phone. You can take something that the enemy can use for evil and use it for good, amen? You can download that app. You can pull up like Brother Jimmy does. He has an app similar to that. And so as we're preaching, as I'm preaching and teaching, he goes through and that's how he looks at his Bible. It's on his phone. There's nothing wrong with that. He's using that for good. Thanks, Jimmy, for being someone to adopt technology. That works for him and he can quickly find what he needs. The other thing is uh, we have a podcast here. So we put our messages on our website, but we also put them online. We promoted that a while back. But listen, the same way that you can get your messages on your phone, right, that you could listen to them, there's also podcasts that I discovered this week that's by the, I preach from the um, English Standard Version. And so guess what they did? They have a team that put together where you can go on there like this morning. And so they, if you want to read through the Bible in the year, guess what? They have a thing and it'll read to you for like 15 minutes. You just, you go there and you just press play and it, the plan's already made. You don't have to do anything and it'll read it to you. So they have 15 minute plans. They have uh, down to four minutes. And guess what? I even found one this morning that was a minute. Hey, who doesn't have a minute to be encouraged by God's word, amen? So you can use technology and press that, and while you're getting ready or riding down the road, you can listen to God's word. That's a way to go deeper, amen? It's a great way to learn how to pronounce things, too. All right, I use it all the time. All right, so really quickly, 
I was going to, I just got to take this. I was going to preach short this morning because I knew we had communion. But then I just got so excited as I was studying this stuff and just writing down notes and writing down thoughts. I said, okay, that just have to be all right. Y'all be late to the buffet two weeks in a row. Okay. It'd be hot and fresh. The second batch will be coming out by the time you get there. All right. So really quickly, how are some ways that you can go deeper in your Bible study? In studying and reading God's word. Here we go. First off, you could read a different translation. You can read a different translation. Bibles are pretty inexpensive. I have some in my office. If you want to try a different translation, I have one. I'd be glad to give you. I bought them. I buy them from yard sales. I bought them from the Friends of the Library books. I'll buy them. Why? Because I want people to use them. People that I'm walking with and encouraging, I put them on the shelf and maybe somebody will come along one day and will need one of those. But read a different translation. Can I tell you something else that I do that I prefer? You'll hear me talk about this again in a minute, but I'm marking my copy of God's Word. But sometimes when I'm sitting down, I just want to read it. I want to read it in an unmarked copy. You know why? Because I want God to show me something that He hasn't shown me before. Amen? So I do both. So you can read a different translation. You can get a study Bible. Great study Bible. There's one. It's a life application study Bible. Uh, David Jeremiah has one. John MacArthur has one. There's all kinds of them, right, out there. But can I give you a word of caution? Those can be a tool, but they can also be a crutch. Because if you're constantly running to it, what is God really trying to say to you? Amen? You've got to pray through Scripture. You've got to kind of dig yourself. That's a great resource, and it can help you grow and help you walk deeper in your study in God's Word. So a good study Bible is good. How about this? A chronological study Bible. I was given one of those. What's the deal with that? Why isn't the Bible in a chronological order? Well, basically, the Bible is divided in the types of literature. For example, Genesis through Esther are primary historical. Job through the Song of Solomon are poetry. And Isaiah through Malachi are prophecy. In a similar fashion, Matthew through Acts are historical. Romans through Jude are letters to churches or individuals. And Revelation is prophecy. Here's the other thing, too. As you study God's Word, as you're studying, like this morning I read from you Proverbs. You can't read Proverbs the same way you read Romans. Right? Why? Because there's different types of writing. The style is different. Who they're writing to is different. Amen? So it's good to know those things. I'm still learning. I don't have a lot to learn. Lord knows, I don't know much. But anyway, the Bible is not, not being in chronological order can sometimes make studying the Bible difficult. And that's why chronological Bibles come in handy. Okay? Here's another thing. You can go online and study the Bible. One of the tools I use almost every week is called Study Gateway. Study Gateway. No. Oh, that's online Bible study. Back up. Sorry. On, there's online Bible study. So Study Gateway, there's a way, basically, you could sign up for an account. I think they're like 7 or $8. The Everybody always they were going through, they have tons of Bible studies on there. And you could go at your own pace. They have books of the Bible. They have different books like Lisa Turkhurst and Francis Chan, other ones. That's a great way to study. Um, another way to go deeper in your study of God's Word is to go through a Bible study. Right? Here. You go through that here. You can go through it somewhere else. Or... Um, you can go through a book. And so one of the things I want to encourage you is, as we talk about finding communion, as we talk about, you know, getting to know each other and go deeper in our relationships with God and others, what a great way 
right? There's a series, I don't know if they still carry it, I think they do, at um, the Olive Tree on Boltman. It's called Life God Bible Studies. And y'all, there are about 120 solid, thought-provoking studies for individuals and small groups. And they include studies of books of the Bible, of Bible characters, and topical studies. And they range about 8 to $10. So listen, for a meal out, you can invest in your spiritual walk. And guess what? They're 9 to 12 weeks. Well, when we do small groups here at church, how long do we typically go for? We're going for about 12 weeks. So maybe there's a topic that interests you or maybe some girlfriends that you have in your neighborhood or your golfing buddies, right? And you say, okay, I want to go through a study. Listen to a couple of a few titles that they have. First Corinthians, The Challenge of Life Together. They have a study on angels, Christian beliefs, Christian community, faith, depending on God, fruit of the Spirit, growing in the likeness of Christ, grief, God's help in times of sorrow, prayer, an adventure with God. So think about that. You could go for 8 or $10. You could find that. You could go through it for yourself. Or you could say, hey, I'm going to go through this. Would you all like to come and just be a part of this and read and let's ask some questions? You don't have to be the most articulate person. You don't necessarily have to get in front of a group. You all have the same book. Just go through the study. Amen? It's really simple to take next steps. All right. You can study a book of the Bible. Right? That's a great way to learn. I think we need to slow down and, and take that even deeper. If we're going to study the book of the Bible coming up um, in a few weeks, probably the beginning of March, we'll have a Bible study on the book of James. Right? We're going to be studying one book. We're going to go for about six weeks. It's going to be a little intense. But we're going to study basically one chapter a week. And they all have heard me. I've preached and taught on it before. Use the HEAR method. H-E-A-R. Highlight, explain, apply, respond. You need more information on that? Tell, let me know. I have a handout. I'll give you. All right. Then you also have websites such as Biblos. It's b i b l o s dot com, and there's another site called BlueLetterBible.com. So that's kind of an entry, and the other one is deeper. Biblos b i b l o s dot com is a great place to go if you're looking for a verse. What's cool about that is it gives you multiple translations, kind of all there on the same screen. And then as you scroll deeper, it has like word studies. And then you scroll even deeper, it has like some commentary. Okay? So if there's one verse you want to learn more about, go there. Blue Letter Bible goes deeper about, um, it goes deeper in the root, in the Greek, in the Hebrew. Amen? It goes deeper in the real language and what it means and it breaks those words down. I use that from time to time. All right, so listen, on this day in 2015, I wrote this. It popped up on my uh, Facebook news, uh, Facebook memories. You're focused on the wrong thing. Stop worrying about the outside. Turn your focus inward for a moment. Take a self-evaluation of your faith and life. You might look like you have it all together, but Jesus is more worried about what others can't see. Your heart, your mind, your soul, and spirit. Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are clean on the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Be washed of the blood Pray scripture, Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Can I remind you one last nugget of wisdom? Can I tell you of one other way that you can deepen your Bible study? Your reading of God's Word? Mark what the Lord shows you. Underline things. Highlight things. Holding my hand after Christmas, before the first of the year, my parents came to my house. And hold before, hold in my hand a little small New Testament Psalms that my grandfather carried at some point in his life and in his ministry. And as I opened it up, I began to just read his notes. I began to look at his highlights. Some of them I don't quite understand. But as I close out this message this morning on going deeper in our reading and studying of God's Word, leave a path for those coming behind you. Not only in the life that you live, but in a Bible that's falling apart, that's marked up. And listen, the other day I just was, I was scrolling, I was scrolling, I was flipping through the pages of this Bible. How appropriate for not only the study, but the fact of what we're getting ready to partake in, communion. In Luke, chapter 24. See, it's like a, it's like a coloring book. There's all these colors and pages and underlines and highlights. But I leave you with this thought. He blocked this in and then he underlined and highlighted. So this is important. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them. He took bread and he blessed it and break and gave to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And then verse 32, lean in, lean in and listen. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? When we walk with Jesus, when we open his word, allow him to open the scriptures to you.